0: We have differing opinions on how the season is going to go, and we give you our way too early win-loss predictions right now. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks.
1: You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs)
0: What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. And of course, you can now find Locked On Bucks in the entire Locked On Network on the SiriusXM app. I am James Yarko, deputy editor of SB Nations, BucksNation.com, joined by my ghosty co host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find his work over at BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at Jarko underscore Bucks and at DHarrison82.
1: It's actually a monster day.
0: Oh, it is? Um, okay. My bad. We were talking you know, We were talking ghosts all morning. I just assumed. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. If, listen. If any brand would like to come in and and become the brand, I'm I'm more than more than open to it, uh, <laughs> as long as it's not a certain one. But I'm not going to say who that is because you never know. Thank you to everybody out there for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or your first view today and every day. A special thank you to all the everydayers. Hopefully you enjoyed your weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed Mother's Day if it applies to you and or those close to you. This episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make moment, make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Time to go through our way too early win-loss projections based off of the official schedule that came out at the end of last week, James. And we're going to start this thing off. We're going to do this thing kind of in in chunks, right? So it's going to be a little bit. We're not going to do your standard kind of like week one. Here's what we think. Week two, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to start off with where we agree we're going to go into where we disagree which is where the real fun is going to come yes. and then we're gonna we actually kind of came up with this like swing standings deal I'll, I'll explain it more uh when we get closer to that but first and foremost let's start off with the games where we agree on the outcome and again every day is you're familiar with how we work but for everybody who might be new or, or just not too familiar we don't discuss our results. We don't share our results. Like I didn't see James' win-loss projections before I made my picks, uh, and he made them before me, so he definitely uh, didn't see mine. So I was procrastinating a little bit. But anyway, here is where James and I agree on how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 schedule is going to unfold. Week three versus the Philadelphia Eagles. That means week one and two, we don't agree. So stay tuned for that. Week three versus Philadelphia, Monday night football, we both have losses week four against the new orleans saints in new orleans we both have losses week five we agree the buccaneers are on a bye so that one is easy week six we both have wins against the detroit lions week seven we both have wins at home against the atlanta falcons week eight we both have the buccaneers taking a loss to the buffalo bills on thursday night football week nine and ten on the road in houston at home against the titans we both have wins week 11 we both have the team losing in san francisco we also have the team winning in Indianapolis in week 12. And then in week 18, we both have the team beating the uh, Carolina Panthers and Ohio state quarterback. Why, why do I keep doing that? Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young, you know what it is, what it is, is the entire off season. I was, I was like on this CJ Stroud to uh, the Carolina Panthers train. So that's why uh, I keep, I keep doing that. But anyway, eventually I'll realize that Bryce Young is a quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, but James, Going through the, the games that we agree on, let's start at the top. Philadelphia Eagles. We both have them losing on Monday Night Football. Give me your give me your analysis. I'm sure everybody in Bucks Nation just absolutely shocked by this prediction.
0: Uh, it's because the Philadelphia Eagles are arguably the best roster on paper in the National Football League. Yeah. They are stacked, yeah. top to bottom. Uh, the University of Philadelphia Bulldog Eagles uh, are <laughs> there. There's no doubt they're the odds-on favorite to go to the Super Bowl, um, like, they're just – they're good,
1: period. I thought we were about to get a University of Pennsylvania, Justin Watson reference. I was I was wondering where you were going to no, go no. Uh, with that one. But, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, look, they, they just – they are the best team in the NFC until they're not the best team in the NFC. Uh, and, honestly, even though they lost a good amount of pieces this offseason, they've replaced those pieces with some very solid options. We'll see how the rookies turn out. That's going to have a little bit of an impact, but this, this team that team is stacked, absolutely. So, that's not a surprise. At New Orleans – We both have losses, and I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that are a little disappointed in this. Look, I think just when you look at the teams, when you look at the track record, there's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of overturn happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a good amount of turnover with the New Orleans Saints as well. But I think that you kind of just have to give them the edge based off of what's happened recently. Even the guys that are on this roster, you know, the, the history against New Orleans Saints just isn't all that great. And even though we saw that kind of get corrected last year, I mean, that's that's a drop in the bucket compared to what we've seen in recent history.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough game. It's their their first test against the Derek Carr Saints. Um, and, you know, maybe it's finally going to set up the pay-per-view charity boxing match between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore, that we're all clamoring for.
1: I mean, look, every time there's a fine between Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans, that does go to charity. So it's kind of already uh, a pro-charity matchup. So... Here's what's what's really interesting, though, is week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. So, I mean, 3, 4, and 5, we already agree on but 5 is the bye. But coming out of the bye, we both have this team going 5 and 2 in that stretch from week 6 to week 12. And I feel like we're probably going to be a little bit more optimistic than others. Now, we do have some fence games that we're going to talk about, and maybe some of these games are those games. But I got to be honest, James, I really – really feel like the Detroit Lions could be a sneaky upset bid coming out of the bye week for the Buccaneers, even though it's at home in Raymond James Stadium. Why am I wrong? Uh,
0: I am firmly, I think I'm driving the Detroit is overhyped and overrated trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in Jared Goff. I don't think that he is going to have as efficient, of a season as he did last year. Now, the defense is good. There's no doubt about that. But I will take Baker Mayfield and the Bucks offense over the Detroit Lion offense that essentially consists of Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, that's really it uh, until proven otherwise. So I, I think the, the preseason Detroit love is just a little much.
1: Yeah. You know, so I, I
0: think my creamsicle game. So I got to pick right. that to be a win.
1: So you definitely want them to win that game. You don't, you don't want to break out the creamsicles and then, and then lose. It's it's like when the commanders broke out the black uniforms for the first time last year in Dallas. And it's like, eh, it's a little bit risky. You kind of want to kind of want to get a win the first time out and those bad boys. didn't work out. Um, for the Detroit lions, I am actually on the group in the group that thinks the lions are better than some people think, but this is very quickly becoming a Dak Prescott situation. And, Everydayers, you've heard me talk about this analogy before, so you know I'm about to say where I start off a little bit higher on a team than most people, and then that insanity turns really crazy. And I'm like, Oh, they ain't that good though. Like I was, I was, I was above the the curve before, but now y'all are getting a little bit crazy. Here's why, And, and I have zero faith in Jared Goff either, by the way. This has nothing to do with the quarterback, though. I think what the Detroit Lions did a good job of last year is minimizing the deficiencies of their quarterback by leaning on the run game to set up, like you said, Amon Ross St. Brown. And I feel like they're going to do the same this year. I feel like that's still part of the the equation, but I look at their running back room last year, Jamal Williams, who's now part of the New Orleans saints, decent running back, good running back. Sure. Good leader, emotional guy. If you watch NFL hard knocks or HBO's hard knocks this year, they got Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. That is a much better backfield uh, in their offense than they had last year with Jamal Williams and injured Deandre Swift. So I do think they're going to be a little bit improved, but I'm not on this like Detroit Lions is going to be the world beaters of the of the NFC uh, this year by any means. In fact, that's why I have uh, them losing to uh, the Buccaneers as well. The Falcons, I think that's kind of a, a of a situation. Obviously, we have one game where we agree, which means one of us has a splitting that series, at least uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think it's pretty simple to see why we have a loss in that, although by week eight, we'll see where these teams are on the road against San Francisco. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are going to be surprised by that either and for the most part I think most of this goes a little bit chalk but here's where the real fun's going to come in because James and I have several games that we disagree on and one of these games really has James in an opinionated mood today you're going to enjoy that and that's coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And right now, FanDuel has the Buccaneers as plus 550 odds to win the NFC South, the longest odds in the entire division. So they have them ranked pretty much where everybody else on the national Uh, Spectrum has them ranked, which is last in the NFC South. And you know I'm going to take my victory lap after the Denver Nuggets sent the Phoenix Suns on an early vacation. And I'm taking the money line for the Nuggets to beat the Lakers in game one of the Western Conference Finals as five and a half point favorites. Currently, if you want to be more bold and take the five and a half points, by all means, I'm going money line because it's still the Lakers and it's still LeBron and, and all these things. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. <laughs> Thanks again for being a Locked on bucks first listen or your first view today and every day. Speaking of Every day, make sure you come back tomorrow. More Bucks coverage, more Bucks news, and stay tuned for the rest of the week. Evan Klosky will be coming back uh, as well. I like the way that Evan dances to our theme song, uh, the way that James just was as well. For those on YouTube, you can enjoy that as well. Uh, and I've got Logan Robinson, my boss, owner, founder, all that stuff, game day sports, bucksgameday.com, coming on to give us his on the field view of Buccaneers rookie, min- rookie minicamp from this past weekend. But here on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks, we are going through the schedule. We are making our win-loss projections. We just talked about our uh where we agreed, and actually, I forgot to count this up before, but one, two, three, four, five. We've got the Buccaneers six and three in the games that we agree on through nine weeks and a bye week because we both agree that there is a bye week. So six and three. Now let's look at where these records are going to separate a little bit, and that is in the disagreement section of today's episode. And James. Here's where we disagree. We disagree on what's going to happen the first week of the season, right yeah. out the gate at the Minnesota Vikings, we disagree. We also disagree on what's going to happen week 2 against Chicago Bears, then you go all the way down to week 13 <laughs> versus Carolina, then at Atlanta, then at Green Bay, then versus Jacksonville, then versus New Orleans, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. That's where we disagree. Let's start with week one at Minnesota. Tell the good people what you have happening, and then I will tell them what the correct answer is. I have this as a loss for the Buccaneers, I think. Uh, and
0: we know, David, your, our, our everydayers know David does not believe in the Minnesota Vikings as far as what their record was compared to what kind of team they were last year. I think they were a little bit better than David gives them credit for. I don't think they were as good as their record indicated, but still a solid team. There's a couple of reasons that I think that Minnesota just matches up well against the Buccaneers, and it starts first and foremost with Justin Jefferson, period. Like, the guy is the best receiver in football. They just drafted another stud receiver to replace old and busted Adam Thielen, who's now in Carolina. Uh, Alexander Madison is likely going to be the starting running back. He is an incredibly talented individual. And this is the kicker. It's a one o'clock game. And Kirk Cousins plays well in one o'clock games. You just (laughs) can't put the spotlight too bright on him or he shrivels up and shrinks like a grape in the sun. So you put all that together on top of it being a road game in a hostile environment. um, I think Minnesota takes that one.
1: Yeah, look, I am not ever going to be afraid of Kirk cousins. Let's just, no. I don't care what time it is. I don't care what day of the week it is, what part of the season it is. I'm just never going to be afraid of Kirk cousins, Adam Thielen. Yes. He, you know, I, I'm happy to see him with the Carolina Panthers because gives the Buccaneers a better chance of sweeping that team uh, this year, but they also lost Dal- Dalvin Tomlinson. They also lost Eric Kendricks. They also lost Patrick Peterson, which more leadership and knowledge than he is actual athletic ability that, at this stage uh, in his career. And they also lost, lost tight end Irv Smith Jr., who I think was being underutilized with the Minnesota Vikings anyway, but still there's some talent there uh, that they lost. Now, they did bring in Marcus Davenport from the New Orleans Saints, um, but the good news is as potential-filled, as as Marcus is what I would call it, um, the Buccaneers, have they're familiar with him, right? They kind of know what he brings to the football field. And, oh, by the way, I'm bringing into account as well that they're about to lose Dalvin Cook. So... Yeah. While I like Madison, I don't know if I like Madison as a number one running back. And for those reasons, I look at the defense. I look at the upgrades that the the Buccaneers defense made. And I think they match up very, very well against this Minnesota Vikings team going on the road with all this doubt. Devin White coming out looking to prove his haters wrong. I think that's a very powerful mixture. And look, Baker Mayfield, let's be honest. He kind of always looks his best the first time out with the team. You know what I mean? So, like, this is the opportunity for Baker Mayfield to come out and for Dave Canales to come out. Honestly, be aggressive. You're on the road. Nobody's going to pick you to win this game. First time with that quarterback, first time play caller. You really have no excuse but to be aggressive, and that aggression could turn into a very, very big upset win to start the season. But let's move on to where the majority of this section is going to go. Week two, Chicago Bears. James, I have this team winning Every, or uh, I had this team losing, sorry, to the Chicago Bears. Everydayers already know that there's no way you're going to have the Buccaneers losing to Justin Fields of Chicago Bears. So I will let you go first.
0: No, I, I want you to go first.
1: I want to hear. No, you're going to go first and you're going to start off with what you said to me pre-recording. You've had a lot of takes on this show, but this one, and you know how the rest went. I yeah. want you to say that on our, the record to our listeners.
0: Our everydayers know that David and I don't always agree. There are plenty of disagreements that he and I have, but this is quite possibly the worst take I have ever heard from him. You have the home opener for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chicago Bears, who do not have a quarterback. They have a running back that gets direct snaps against a collection of number two receivers in DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney. Their tight end situation is meh. Their running back situation outside of Justin Fields. Well, I'm supposed to be afraid of Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. No, their defense is trash. And yet, somehow, unless you're you're planning on saying that Justin Fields is going to run for 250 and three touchdowns, somehow no. you have them winning on no. the road in Raymond James Stadium no. against no. the Buccaneers. I I, I can't fathom. Why you would think that Chicago's roster could beat Tampa, but
1: Minnesota's won't. It's
0: baffling. Well,
1: so I understand almost everything you're saying. The 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 main principal part of the disagreement here between these two rosters is the Justin Fields factor, which we're never going to get over that hump. It is what it is. I don't think Justin Fields is a great quarterback by any means, but I think he's a decent enough NFL quarterback with the right pieces put around him. I think. That the Bears made good moves last season by bringing in Chase Claypool. Darnell Mooney is a solid wide receiver, not a number one guy by any means, but he's a good number two, number three. Chase Claypool is a good number three, and I think that's basically how we're going to see this thing boil down. And Chase Claypool getting an opportunity to grow some more, have the training camp, have the, the chemistry. Justin Fields getting more time with them. And I like the addition of DJ Moore to this group. Again, none of those are world beaters. Running back room. No, Khalil Herbert by himself is not that big of a threat. But don't forget, there are a lot of people who felt like Rashawn Johnson was the better Texas running back than Bijan Robinson. Now, majority of the group, granted, but there are people out there who believe Rashawn Johnson could be the better NFL running back. Bears' defense was absolutely abysmal, but they've done a lot of good things this year. TJ Edwards has brought in. Tremaine Edmonds has been brought in. They drafted Tyreek Stevenson, who is a cornerback that you and I both rally for during the NFL draft, they also brought in Noah Sewell, Jervon Dexter, out of Florida, and Zach Pickens. All very good defensive players. The key thing for the Bears here is going to be week two. How much do all those new pieces really blend in yet? Right? But here's what I would say. The NFL is the best pro league in America because of its parity. Because of the fact that every single week, any team could beat any other team. So could the Chicago Bears win this game? Yes, I believe they could. And I believe they've improved their roster enough to be competitive. Will they? Well, that's totally different. Now I have to pick and choose a side here. And I just, when I look at it, I'm like, you know what, where could this Buccaneers storyline really go off the rails? And and you just proved my point. A loss to Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears is what sends this Buccaneers season storyline off the rails. But that's okay, because we've got more games coming. We disagree. Week 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. James, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh losing to the Carolina Panthers in week 13. I have them completing the season sweep. 14, I've got them beating the Falcons in Atlanta. You also have them losing to Taylor Heineke uh, and the Falcons, which might be a better pick. Green Bay, I've got them losing. You've got them winning. Jacksonville, I've got them winning. You've got them losing. Honestly, I think we could flip-flop either of those results. And the New Orleans Saints in week 17, I've got them losing just because I think you're you're, you're gonna, you're gonna. I don't know. It's it's the New Orleans Saints. I just had no confidence in that matchup right now. You have them winning, uh, which more people are going to appreciate. James, your final record, your your final your early final record projection is nine and eight. Mine is ten and seven. But we've got this record swing factor here uh, that I want to talk about real quick. And basically, what we did is we identified games, and it didn't have to be four, but it did. turn out to be that we both picked four games where we picked a certain result. And we think that it could go either way. So we're kind of on the fence there, right? Mine were Minnesota, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Chicago. So Minnesota, I've got them winning. I could see them losing that game. I wouldn't be like, (gasps) be still my beating heart. Surprised, right? Green Bay, Jacksonville, I've got a loss win there. I can see it going win against Green Bay, loss against Jacksonville. I can see it going either way. And then Chicago, yeah, for all the reasons you just said, sure, that could absolutely go other than the way that I predicted it. If those things happen... My my record projection could swing as low as eight and nine. So if all those wins turn to losses, but the losses stick, you're looking at eight and nine. But if those losses I have predicted turn into wins, you're looking at 12 and five.
0: Yeah, and my biggest swing games, in fact, we have some uh, a little bit of overlap on this one as well. I had Minnesota marked as a loss. That one I'm kind of on the fence about. Indy, I have marked as a win. I have that as one of my swing games, and there's one factor and one factor alone that plays into that. And I'm going to make this very brief. When I attend Buccaneers games in the media box, they have never won. Oh, that's facts.
1: Yeah. That's I big will one.
0: be in Indianapolis. I might change that my home. game in the media box that could immediately turn that into a loss. Yeah. I might uh, change my pick. The, uh, the home game against Carolina. I have marked as a loss and at green Bay, I have marked as a win. Those are my swing games. Uh, so my, if everything goes wrong and those wins turn to losses, that's seven and 10. But if those losses turn into wins, that gets my record all the way up to as high as 11 and six. So, again, no. we are a little bit higher on the Buccaneers than a lot of, I don't know, say people that cover sports betting and decide to incite <laughs> arguments on Twitter, um, you know, are. But that's a story for another day. Something, David, that could change these predictions for both of us. Is an addition to the offense. And we talk about not one, but two possibilities coming up next here on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And could David Harrison, uh, number one Chicago Bears fan in the world, could the Buccaneers find a way? to add a major piece to the offense despite being cap-strapped and off-season camps already starting. So there are still ties between the Buccaneers and Ezekiel Elliott. And after the Bucs didn't address running back in the draft, those speculations are starting to heat up once again. Buccaneers running back coach and former Cowboys running backs coach Skip Pete spoke to the media last week and mentioned that he told Ezekiel Elliott that he was going to have to play for whoever signed him for around a million dollars, possibly setting the stage for a low-end salary that the Buccaneers could afford. And then Rick Stroud was on 92.9 the game and said, quote, what they really could use is a short yardage guy and a guy that has the veteran experience. When you think about what Elliott is now, he can do everything. He's a ferocious blocker. He's good in short yardage. And his numbers are down simply because he's not going to get the carries and attempts, but he still had 12 touchdowns last year. And quote, David, is this something that you think the Buccaneers could should and not would, but will uh, be interested in?
1: Um, I think they certainly could be interested in adding Ezekiel Elliott. I think they absolutely should be interested in adding Ezekiel Elliott, but again, they have a really great resource inside the building in Skip Pete, who not only knows Zeke, but has coached Zeke, right? And the here's, what, here, here's where I overly read into Coach Pete's uh, comments, because those comments to me kind of read, I know this guy isn't, or at least wasn't in the mindset of accepting that kind of a role the last time I talked to him. So if since then he has come to grips with that role, then yeah, absolutely it could work. But that tells me that, to his knowledge, Zeke is really not ready to accept that. Now, look, uh, we were talking a little bit before recording. Isaiah Wynn, former first-round draft pick of the New England Patriots, offensive tackle, uh, when he was not uh, retained by the New England Patriots, when he hit free agency, he sent out a tweet saying, no NFL team better come even talk to me without at least $5 million a year guaranteed on the table. Well, not only did they not do that, but they didn't even sign, like no NFL team, none of the other 31 NFL teams even signed him until Sunday. Sunday, he agreed to terms with the Miami Dolphins. And I'm pretty sure, we don't have the contract details yet, but I would be very surprised if they're guaranteeing him $5 million in May as a free agent off the street, right? That's that's typically not what happens. Now, it could be that he had multiple offers. And he's like, let me see what happens after the draft and I'll gauge my interest. Sure, sure, sure. Certainly possible. But the point is, usually if you're sitting around in May waiting for a job, it's not because you're going to be the piece to a missing uh, Super Bowl championship team. So if you're Zeke, you're going to have to humble yourself. Either that or you're just going to have to not play. And, I mean, look, your, your, your value is not going to go up uh, from missing time. You're not a quarterback because apparently quarterback value can go up even while you're not playing. Um, but, you know, if Zeke is ready to come into that role – Sure. And I think when you look at the Buccaneers roster, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, there's another guy missing. uh, You see the need for this type of running back. Will it actually happen? That I can't tell you because I think there's another running back that they should absolutely be more interested in who could be coming available very soon.
0: Yeah, uh, something that you dropped on the schedule reaction show that we had live on YouTube Thursday night. For those that have not seen it or listened to it, I recommend you go back and do that. But David boldly predicted in the middle of us reacting to the schedule that week one was going to be a revenge game for Dalvin Cook. Buccaneers running back Dalvin Cook against the Vikings in Minnesota. Um, Well... According to Justin Cohen of the Tallahassee Journal, he is an NFL insider and probably, uh, you know, writing for the Tallahassee Journal might know Dalvin Cook relatively well. Uh, Dalvin Cook is expected to be a post June 1st cut by the Minnesota Vikings, saving them $9 million in cap space in, you know, shortly after that was tweeted out, uh, the Minnesota Vikings also changed their header photo on their Twitter account, replacing (laughs) Dalvin cook with Alexander Madison. So do you honestly think that the Buccaneers could make something with cook work, or is this going to be a situation where another team that is going to be able to outbid the Bucs? um, if they feel that that Cook is the missing piece, cough, cough, uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, it, it seems to me that that Cook might be a little bit too expensive given the nature of this post-June 1st cut. You know, if, if this was back in March, he probably would have been pursued pretty heavily and signed almost immediately. But it seems like he's yeah, going to be cool. a little too expensive for Tampa if it's not a
1: multi-year deal. I mean, look, I'll be, I'll be honest, there's no such thing as no expenses so, or overly expensive. I looked at over the cap. Uh, the Buccaneers have simple restructure potential to free up over $24 million in cap space. You're not giving Dalvin Cook $24 million a year. Now, we know the Buccaneers are kind of in conservative mode and and all that stuff. So that certainly could cut like what is prohibitive from a raw number standpoint and what's prohibitive from an approach standpoint, like the Bucs may just not want to go invest that much money in a guy. Uh, like Dalvin Cook, but I think that you know, depending on the price tag, depending on what Dalvin is looking for, it, it, it's absolutely should be something that you're you're kicking the tires on now. Dalvin Cook to Buffalo is extremely attractive. There's multiple reasons why they're a winning team, they're a competitive team as brother plays. They're like there's just a lot of reasons for Dalvin Cook to go to Buffalo. So I think that they do probably have the inside track on this thing as much as some Bucks fans or also Seminoles fans wanted. The team to draft him when he came out want to see him back with the buck or see him with the Buccaneers back in Florida. Uh, right now, unless Dalvin is just really missing the state of Florida and really likes that that, that uh, tax free state uh, situation. Who knows? Maybe, maybe his brother, uh, maybe his brother beat him at Monopoly a whole bunch when they were kids and he doesn't want to play with them. I don't know, you know what I mean. Um, but I think if you're the Buccaneers, you got to at least make the phone call. What's interesting to me though is that the Vikings are quote unquote expected to make him a post June first cut. They don't have any other post-June 1st cuts identified, which means they could very easily release Dalvin Cook right now, designate him as one of their two possible designees for a post-June 1st cut, allow Dalvin Cook to go talk to other teams right now to start finding his job, but they're not doing it. That's interesting to me. There's a reason for that. I don't know what the reason is, and I don't want to speculate too far, but there's a reason the Minnesota Vikings are like, yeah. We'll wait till actual June. For, and, and to be fair, it's actually after June 1st. Like June 1st is the deadline. It's 4 p.m. on June 1st. That is the deadline between splitting guaranteed money and dead cap, which is not the conversation we need to have here. So technically, like 401 June 1st is when the Vikings could actually release Alvin Cook uh, and spread out his dead cap space over the, the course of the next two years. But they could actually be allowing him to go out and negotiate right now. Like the, the And again, I know some people hate this, but the Washington Commanders, release Chase Rullier with a post-June 1st designation, which means he's a post-June 1st cut, but Chase could be out there right now negotiating, and then boom, as soon as the deadline hits, boom, Chase has agreed to a deal with, I don't know, the Miami Dolphins, and everybody's like, oh, man, how'd they do that so fast? Well, it's because Chase has been negotiating since May. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that Minnesota is not doing that for Dalvin, to me, says something I just don't know what. It may be the fact that the since the trade
0: negotiations didn't go anywhere for the Vikings, maybe – maybe conversations and, and emotions and feelings between Dalvin and Minnesota soured so quickly and so much. That they're like, no, why are, why are we going to help facilitate you go to another team? You can sit there and sweat it out. You can just sit there and wait until we're ready to do what we want to do. And we're not doing anything to appease you anymore. So I don't know. Or well,
1: if they know, like say they know he's going to go to Buffalo and they wanted to get a six rounder out of Buffalo for him. And Buffalo's like, no, nah, we're not doing that. well, you're not going to have him until like, you can't even talk to him until June 2nd yeah. Uh, because like, so it could, it may not even be against Dalvin. It may just be against the team that they know he's likely going to.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, if Buffalo can sit there and say, you're going to release him no matter what, why would we pay him $9 million when we can turn around and pay him five and a half and not have to give you anything. So yeah, there, there could be a lot of factors could be some hurt feelings could be some pettiness going on uh in Minnesota. But I think at the end of the day, it's more likely that Tampa Bay ends up with Ezekiel Elliott than Dalvin Cook. I think yeah, I the agree. most likely is that the running backs that you see right now are the running backs that the Buccaneers will have in the 2023 season, but certainly something to monitor, to keep an eye on, and to uh to follow. And of course, you can do that right here with locked on bucks. We want to thank you for making locked on bucks, your first listen or view every. Day. If you want to send in questions, topics, thoughts, ideas, of course, you can do so at locked on bucks podcast gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at locked on bucks. Check out everything David is doing over at bucksgame day.com. Check out my work over at bucksnation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at locked bucks at jrco underscore bucks and at dharrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.